y'all. The audio on this episode will have some quirks since we recorded on Zoom. Also, there's adult language and discussion of adult topics, so be aware of where you're listening and who you're listening with this time. Now, on to the intro proper. Hello, and welcome to Inquiries. You may be asking yourself, what is this podcast about? Well, Inquiries are questions. We're asking questions about how facets of libraries and queer community intersect, but make it gay. We are your diaphanous guides. I am Shannon, pronouns she, they. I'm Michael, pronouns he, him. I am Lisa, pronouns she, her, Aya. And my name is Dakri, pronouns she, her. Today we are joined by Nina Haynes for a conversation around uh, her founded book club, Safflet. And we are so excited. I found Nina while doom scrolling through Book Talk, like I'm sure several other librarians do. Hopefully, I'm not the only one. Um, I was very intrigued by what I saw on Nina's TikTok because the book spoke to me, and I just fell down this rabbit hole of, you know, how is this person reading all of these amazing books? And then I realized, oh, wow, they're running a book club too, which makes perfect sense. So after doing a little bit more of a deep dive into Safflet, I found that it was this robust community that was really prioritizing the stories of queer folks, specifically women who love women. And the, the whole premise of this book club was sapphic literature, which was so amazing and beautiful. And we're so excited to talk to her. Uh, Nina is currently based in Brooklyn, New York. And so she's joining us, joining us here through a Zoom conversation. Uh, her passion for cultivating digital community has brought on the, the success of her book club and the evolution of Safflet has experienced steady growth in membership. It has experienced an abundance of queer literature author interviews, in-person meetups, they've had billboards, which is super amazing, and intentional community building. So Nina, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I haven't done that many podcasts before, so every time I get invited to one, I'm just so thrilled because I could talk about Safflet for hours. So this is great. <laughs> Yay, we're so excited. So typically we start with a just odd random icebreaker question to have some fun, get to know you a little bit. Um, so Lisa, I think you have a really good one for us today. I do. So Nina, my or our question for you is, if you could be a superhero, what powers would you have? And powers is plural, so I can choose multiple. Why not? Yeah, it's more fun. Oh, thank God, because usually you just have to pick one and how could you? Okay, I've thought about this a lot. I would choose teleportation because I have major travel anxiety and I would just like to teleport with all of my loved ones and luggage wherever I want to go and not have to deal with airplanes or trains or cars or traffic or any of that nonsense, especially Penn Station crowds. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, I would be able to speak every language ever, and that includes animal languages. I want to be able to communicate with all living things. Um, and I feel like I would 
you know, I think about invisibility, but I don't think so. Like, I like to take up space and I've been, you know, thinking of being invisible for far too long as a closeted queer kid. So I would like to stay visible. Um, what are some, I don't want to fly. I have no interest in that. I'm meant to be on the ground. Um, thank you. And, you know, I think that's it. I think I'll stick with those two teleportation and being able to speak to all living things, whatever language they speak. That's okay. I will take the flight power from you. I would I love, that. love that because like, I want to travel. I want to see places as I go there. I do not want to do that in a car. I do not want to do that in a plane. I am a Dr. <laughs> Seuss story. It's fine. <laughs> I love that. You know, I want to speak all languages too. That's like my top one for that question, including animals. So um, I would like to teleport had I not seen The Good Place recently? <laughs> oh, I've never seen it. Is teleporting oh bad in that show? I'm sorry. That's kind of a spoiler alert oh, if you haven't. I'm never going to watch it. it. You know, it's been out for... I, yeah, it's been out forever. But yeah, I just watched it for some reason during quarantine. And so, yeah, that's kind of in there. And um, it gets kind of boring after a while basically them being able to just like go to places, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Tangent. Next. Good Place is very good though. <laughs> I will recommend it. If you're looking for a great show that's a couple seasons long, pick up The Good Place. Okay, noted. I, I find starting TV shows really difficult, like especially ones that have multiple seasons. It feels very um, like daunting to me. Um, but the next one on my list is yellow jackets because it's gay and there's cannibalism, which are my two favorite things. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> we won't get into the inherent queerness of cannibalism. We'll just, we'll just set that over there for another day. Put a that's pin a in that. <laughs> yeah. I am living for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want to watch the Yellow Jackets. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Nina. So the first question we have for you about Safflet, um, just to give the folks who are listening a better idea of what Safflet is, um, if they have never heard of it before, unfortunately, if they have never heard of it before, uh, please let them know what it is and who is Safflet for? Like, what would what's the audience that it is marketed for that you hope that comes to these book clubs? Yeah. Um, so Safflet is made by Sapphics for Sapphics and Allies. Um, it is a virtual book club community space that prioritizes reading literature with Sapphic representation, fiction and nonfiction. And we are born out of the book talk community. I started Safflet back in May of 2021 when I was miserable at an old job, really craving queer community because, you know, the pandemic um, snatched my IRL queer community from me. And I miss that so terribly. And I found a wonderful queer community that reads so much queer lit on TikTok. And when I started posting my own content, I was sharing, you know, the books that I was reading, which is mostly adult fiction and nonfiction. And as a former gender and sexuality studies major, I, you know, was reading a lot of Audre Lorde and Bell Hooks, um, Fran Lebowitz, and, you know, these older queer icons. Um, and sharing that was 
new to book talk at the time more so. And someone commented on one of my videos, can we start a book club? And when I fixate on something, I run with it. it is the only thing I can focus on. And I follow through until it is done and I can be satisfied. It, so that was my special interest of the day. And three hours after I received that comment, we had our Geneva home set up for people to come join. So Geneva is a community app platform, not unlike Discord or Slack, but it's like for hot people. Like it's not incel vibes. It's not professional vibes. It's really girly pop. It's great. Join. Um, and so we had Safflet set up in Geneva and within 24 hours, we had 50 members. And I was like, oh my God, 50 members. That's so many people. I can't wait to talk to everyone. And almost two years later, we now have over 7,000 from over 60 countries around the world. We have been, as you mentioned earlier, we are on a billboard in New York City. Um, we were part of Geneva's first out-of-home brand campaign, which was such an honor and so much fun to shoot and put out into the world. Um, we host in-person meetups in New York, uh, Toronto and soon to be London. I'm leaving for London tomorrow evening and going to meet some of our London Safflities, which I'm really excited about. Um, and the goal for Safflet is to be a safe space where Sapphics can convene, commiserate, ask for advice, offer advice, share their favorite reads, um, and talk about whatever they want to talk about. I mean, when Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn broke up, the Safladies were freaking out. Um, we had to discuss it. So that was definitely a part of our, you know, dialogue. Um, but we, the format of the club is we read two books a month, sometimes three, because I'm insane. Um, and we read one fiction and one nonfiction, and then a third bonus book whenever a additional book in a series comes out that we started reading. For example, this month in April, we're reading A Day of Fallen Night, which is part of the Priory of the Orange Tree series by Samantha Shannon, which was our first, like, massive fantasy book that we ever read and the first author interview I ever did. So it's very special. She's coming back to chat with our community again, um, which I'm very excited for. But we read these books together and then discuss over Zoom um, as a community. And then I can also, when the opportunity presents itself, offer author interviews for our community to come join um, and ask questions to the author of the books that we read. Um, we have an Instagram at Safflet and yeah, join us on Geneva. It's a fun time. Side note, Prior of the Orange Tree. So good. So oh. good. I read it in eight days. It's like an 800 Dang. page book. And all, all I did for eight days was just sit in my chair and I couldn't put it down. It's fantastic. It, is, it took it me significantly longer. <laughs> pick it up, pick it up. It's so good. I know. I know. It's, a, it's a big pile. It's a big pile. Hey, Your A Day of Fallen Night, the prequel that we're reading right now is even longer. So it's the only book I'm bringing on my two-week vacation because um, I think that's going to it's gonna mm -hmm. be what it takes. <laughs> but I read, I read all of Game of Thrones. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. 
<laughs> I used to read like doorstopper fantasy in middle school and high school. Cause that's all I did. I didn't talk to people. I just yeah. read. Yeah, uh, of course. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, why, but why I talk to people when there's Robert Jordan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boy, we're not rereading those. Um, no. Mm-mm. Hard pass. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, my embarrassing um, obsession, reading obsession in middle school was the Warrior Cats series um, by Aaron Hunter, who is like five different people, by the way. Aaron Hunter is not a person. It is a conglomerate of white women <laughs> um, who write as cats. And it's dueling cat clans. And I read all 50 plus books of that series and not only did I read them I participated in the online forums writing my own warrior cat <laughs> fanfic so if I didn't know I was gay in middle school <laughs> I I didn't that's why it came out at 22 obviously because I was fucking clueless <laughs> gay oh should have never heard. <laughs> you know those books are still very popular yes so they have held Mm-hmm. They're they're gripping for dear life. We love uh, it. Honestly, I I kind of want to be a masochist and go back and reread all of them, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I respect <laughs> myself too much. There's I think also you have like enough on your plate. <laughs> and there's only like six or seven spinoffs at this point. There's like a dog spinoff and there's like the a, dogs. There's the the bears. Horses? Yeah. Wait, are there horses? Because I was a horse girl. If there's a horse one, horse. I'm reading the horse one. I think there's a horse one. Might look into okay. it. We're putting a pin in that. Add that to the cannibalism <laughs> pin. Because please send me the Aaron Hunter horse series. I will read that tomorrow. I'm adding it to my Kindle. It's it's my plain <laughs> read. It's happening. Oh, writing she's writing it down. it down, everyone. Thank God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what Safflet is, how it started, who it's for. Uh, it, it is such an amazing thing to have a digital community. You know, we explore the identity of community because it's such a big part of being queer, having community. You know, some people come from families who aren't safe, who aren't accepting, and being in community with other queer people is just it's a, it's such an important facet of our identities and our experiences. And so I, I love the idea of your focus on digital community, especially in light of the pandemic. You know, we were all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us were sent home and, you know, in solitude. And for a lot of queer people that disconnected them from their, as you said, IRL, queer community, you know, and if you don't have a really strong online presence or a digital community built, you are then back to where you were before, you know, feeling like maybe you're in the closet again, or you go home and you're still living with maybe parents or caretakers who aren't accepting. And so then you're forced to kind of hide that part of yourself again, 100% of the time. And so I really like the idea that staff lit became this place where people could access it from anywhere that they were at and do it safely so that they could explore these parts of their identities that maybe were taken away from them when the pandemic really, you know, first started and life was changing for all of us. 
So I want to ask you about that and maybe your personal journey with that. When you first started Safflit, did you imagine that the digital community that you were creating and building was going to be what it is today? Like what, how, how is that process for you? Um, yeah, I never, never, ever, ever, ever could have imagined that Safflit would turn into what it turned into. I kind of approach every day as kind of like, fuck it, we ball. Like, let's see what happens. Like, let's just go with the flow. Um, I, you know, kind of seize the day vibes. Um, and that's kind of what I was doing with, you know, the original creation of Safflet. I was like, let's just see how this goes. Let's try it. Let's have fun with it. Um, and, you know, almost two years later, it's spiraled into me interviewing authors every month. I had never talked to an author before in my life before I started Safflet. And I had to figure out how to do that. And I had to figure out how to host a book club. I had never hosted a book club before, but I, in my professional life, my nine to five is as an influencer marketing manager. I work for a stationary company called Papier. They're based in London. It's wonderful, personalized stationery. Highly recommend. Little plug. Um, and my job with influencer marketing is to build influencer communities for brands. And I knew that I had the skills to bring people together, engage them in conversation and be the kind of unifying force for a group of people. Did I, have I ever managed up to 7,000 people before? No, but we kind of learn as we go. We, it's a process. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting mental journey as well. Um, feeling the kind of responsibility and weight of leading a club that means so much to people. The messages that I have gotten from our book club members saying, you know, you're the reason I came out to my mom yesterday is by, or, um, you know, seeing you on the internet be so proudly bisexual is, you know, making me feel more comfortable with my identity. Like this club has made some of my, I've made some of my best friends through Safflet and joining this club. And thank you. And I get these messages every day and I screenshot all of them, cry, and then put them in a little folder in my phone and look back at them when I'm sad. Um, but that you know, I'm, I'm such a mentally ill perfectionist that, um, when I feel a responsibility towards something, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be as good as it can be. Um, but I also, you know, have a full-time job and a personal life and I'm trying to, you know, live in this crumbling world around us. So yeah, there, de there have definitely been times where Safflet has been, you know, I felt pressure and I felt stressed, but all of that only comes from myself. It's never come from the members or the community. They've only been a joy to me. Um, so in therapy, I've definitely, you know, done some work on allowing myself to breathe through that and remind myself like, this is supposed to be fun. This is my passion project. And this is, you know, what I really do love doing in bringing people together. So having that be kind of my North Star focus has been um, 
really, really helpful when I've kind of gotten lost in like the nitty gritty details of the book club. It's like, as long as people are having fun and as long as people feel safe and feel heard, um, that's all I want to do. And I, some of the conversations that we've had in our book club discussions, like made me so emotional. I mean, we, we talk a lot about religious trauma, um, that's, you know, been a big theme with a lot of our nonfiction books and memoirs that we read. I grew up very, very Christian um, and have abundance of religious trauma, um, which we can talk about if you guys want. Um, and, you know, we also talk about, you know, people coming out to their families and, you know, not feeling safe in their friend groups or feeling seen with, you know, pronouns that they want to start using. Um, so being able to offer not just, you know, a space that promotes literature, but a space that promotes this queer community and do it really wonderfully and safely. We have these, um, different rooms in Geneva, um, where we can talk about different topics. And my favorite room is the life room, because that's where we have all of our deep conversations. And every now and then, when I'm feeling down, I will notify the whole room and say, share something from the past week that you're proud of. And the responses that we get from that always make me cry. I'm a Pisces moon. I'm emotional. Um, it's just waterworks constantly. And people will say, I'm proud of getting out of bed this morning. I'm proud of myself for, um, going to work and getting a promotion. I'm proud of myself for getting a B plus on my test. I'm proud of myself for coming out to my parents this week. I'm proud of myself for, you know, leaving my boyfriend and telling him that I'm a lesbian. I'm proud of myself for proposing to my fiance. And it just, it ranges in all of these personal wins. And it's so heartwarming to see everyone cheer each other on. Um, and offer support and advice and congratulations. Um, it's a very whole, it's the most wholesome space on the internet, not to brag. It is the cutest little gay corner of the internet. Um, and I'm so, I'm so proud of it. I don't know if I answered your question um, in that little That's tangent. Fine. That's just me gushing about chocolate, but yeah, it's, it's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that was a fantastic response and so much more than I could have hoped for. Um, I, I really appreciate you bringing up the idea of representation and also, you know, safe spaces and what that means. We as librarians talk a lot about representation and how important it is for us. Um, you know, we are librarians and we're also queer and that's not something that we can just take off when we go to work right so we are queer librarians and that is a part of our our identity our professional identity our personal identities and it's so important for that representation to exist also within our library spaces because we're serving diverse communities and we need to reflect the communities that we serve and so I think for us, the idea of representation extends beyond literature, right? It, it extends to us being able to be ourselves and, you know, work in environments that are supportive of us, which is, you know, 
something that we are very lucky to have and be able to be our authentic selves so that we can connect with our patrons and the people that we're serving who are similar to us and who see us and say like, oh, you know, I could do that, you know, or wow, maybe I can be out one day and be a professional. And, you know, I don't have to hide this part of myself. So I love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I just wanted to, as an aside, when you talked about like not knowing how to interview authors or run a book club, I just want you to know a little peek behind the curtain in library school. They don't teach us that. Um, we have to figure that out too. And yeah, it's very I mean intimidating. I, it was so intimidating the first time I interviewed it. Uh, so our first author, Samantha Shannon, uh, who wrote Priory of the Orange Tree. Um, I interviewed her uh, in early May of 2021. Or no, sorry, early July. What is time? I don't know. Um, and she was so lovely, so generous with her answers. We talked for an hour and a half. Um and I did so much research on her. I watched previous interviews of hers. I went on her website. I read articles about her. I read articles about Priory of the Orange Tree. I read reviews. I spent like a whole week on these questions. And all I wanted was for her to say, wow, that's a good question. And then she said it when I asked one of my questions and I damn near levitated. Um, it was so, it was so nice. And now that I have this practice and I feel so much more comfortable, I write those questions up the day before. I'm like, <laughs> I, I ain't got time for this shit. Um, and it was, yeah, but every single author that I've interviewed has been nothing but lovely. Like one thing I've learned about authors is that they love fucking talking about their, oh, can I swear? Is that <laughs> yes. okay? Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> Just wanted to check. Authors fucking love talking about their books. Um, and they will talk for as long as you let them. And they are so kind and so sweet and just like little introverted babes who like me just like to read and nerd out and have their little special interests. So we're not so different. And they're often just like, I don't know what I'm doing either. And I'm like, oh, I love you. Um, so it's been, I mean, you did write that fanfic. So, so really, we're not, no, no, no. Are you not, not an author as well? I mentioned it and we're not going any deeper. <laughs> that is the most you're going to get. <laughs> it has to live on the internet somewhere. I would, I, it's never going to see the light of day. If it's there, I don't want to know. Um, it's somewhere. Absolutely. Do, is it also there with my Percy Jackson fanfic? Probably. Is it also there with my One Direction fanfic on Tumblr? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to look into it. It's just going to be a fact that we all know and accept. And that's that. I, I think I'm counting this as part of my reference questions for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Like we all, all of us who grew up in the early internet, we've all got like, we don't talk uh, about my guy online days. No, we don't need to talk about this. That we tried to bury. I'm just glad MySpace doesn't really exist anymore. So you can't find my RP MySpace account that I had. Oh, I was never on MySpace. I was like a late, my parents kept me away from the internet as much as possible because they knew I would be so fucking weird. <laughs> 
And they were right. They were right to do that. If there's one place you can be weird, it's the internet. That is yeah. literally what it is for. Amen. <laughs> Well, there's a song from the early 2000s that tells me it's for something else, but that's a different. Okay. <laughs> yes. We will get in trouble if we do yes. that. Yes, which is why we're not bringing that up. And yes, LiveJournal does still exist. It's mostly dead, but it is still there. Wattpad oh, wow. is still there. AO3 is still there. We all we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heck, Wattpad authors now get print. Like, there's a Wattpad, like, publishing arm now where those get you published. You know what? controversial opinion i do not support that <laughs> let it live in wattpad forever you know what publish indie on amazon but the after series did not need to see the light of day as a book let alone a movie leave oh, harry shit. styles alone poor man <laughs> uh. yeah there Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's my rant for now. <laughs> um, so usually um, in some of the past uh, podcast interviews we've done, we really like to explore what um, what queer joy is and what does queer joy mean to you as you know in in your life or in in Saflet, however you want to express that oh i love that question um oh my god i i get queer joy from my queer female friendships um i i have my two best friends coming over later uh to help me pack for london and we're gonna drink wine and just be merry and being in those friendships and making new queer friends and through Saf lit or not um has brought me so much joy i and i and i've learned so much from my female friendships it I, I really do think that platonic relationships are so undervalued in our society. And I love that in queer communities, they are uplifted and revered and respected. Um, I, I have a platonic life partner. Her name is Paula. She is one of my soulmates, like love of my life. Um, we're, very romantic with each other. We, you know, take each other out on dates and we give each other flowers and we are, she's so integrated into my personal family life. Um, she's like, like the way that Oprah Winfrey talked about Gail King in that one interview, she is the sister I always wanted. She is the mother. I never had like, that's, that's how I feel about Paula. And she, like the the love that we give each other in in this life is just so joyous um and she's one of my main sources of queer joy absolutely and um taught me a lot about my own queerness um since we were both you know we've known each other for so long we were coming into that at the same time um and that's a very very special relationship in my life um, and then when we have like these Saflit meetups, we, the queer joy blows the roof off the place. Um, 
for example, we um, we went to a bar in the East Village of Manhattan, um, which is a I went to NYU. I've lived in New York for over eight years. Um, and this is a bar that I frequented a lot when I was cosplaying as a straight girl. And um <laughs> and it's it was such a sight of straightness for me. Um and it's like this dive that has ski ball and pool tables and jukebox and darts and it's cheap drinks and it's fun. And I was like, oh my God, let's do a meetup here. Like that would be so fun. It's a good like central meeting point for everyone. Let's do it. And we went and it was like 20 like girls, gays and theys, like just bimbo-fying the pool table experience. Like the straights did not know what to do with us. And we just took over the entire back room and we took over the jukebox and we were playing Muna. We were playing Girl in Red. We were playing ABBA. We were playing Taylor Swift. And we were just singing along and dancing and being really bad at pool. And it was... <laughs> so much fun and when I like when you say queer joy I think of my friends and then I think of moments like that where I was returning to a place where I used to not fully feel myself and I was having a really authentic experience um in queer community um yeah beautiful Beautiful. I hope Paola hears this podcast. I really do. She might not get to, she won't have the attention span to like listen for 30 <laughs> minutes. And you know what? I'll just, I'm seeing her later today and I'll tell her that I gushed about her and that'll be enough. Well, I just a little clip for you of just like the Paola gush and we'll send that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But I really love that idea of like reclaiming spaces that you previously encountered before you really accepted your identity, before you came to where you are now and changing the, the reality of that space. Like that is, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, that, that's been um, something I've been trying to do um, because I've lived in New York for so long and, you know, publicly came out in the middle of the pan like pandemic peak um in 2020 and i you know since then really wanted to go back and take up space and since coming out i feel like my style has changed in a really wonderful authentic way i you know the way that i carry myself the way that i you know interact with people has felt so much more true to me. So being able to be like, oh, last time I was at this bar, I was, you know, I knew I was bi, but I wasn't, you know, truly living authentically as I could have been. Um, and I don't, when I say like living authentically, like you can live authentically when you're in the closet, you can live authentically however you want. This is just my own experience. Um, and it's been nice to go back and, um, you know, go to restaurants, go to bars, go to museums, go to, you know, Washington Square Park and just be like, ah, I'm gay now. And everyone sees that. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think that 
being able to show up in spaces as your entire self is such a beautiful experience that not everybody gets, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, so it was not only the pandemic peak, but also the Nina peak. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I fucking love that. Yeah. Put that on a pillow. Nina was peaking and I, I really, I'm thinking about how you shared the sense of responsibility and like weight you kind of feel over staff lit and how could you not when that's mirrored with your own personal you know trajectory of growing and coming out and becoming more authentically who you felt you were on the inside for so long you know um i i think that's really magical i think that that project is going to be your baby forever uh and i think that's really beautiful like not a lot of people get to have that type of experience with coming out. Yeah. Um, no, Insaflet really truly is my passion project. So many people have asked me like, oh, well, how are you going to monetize this? How are you going to make this your full-time job? Do you want it to be your full-time job? Like, I'm like, no, like I did not start this to make money. I started this because I was bored and wanted queer community. And I have often, you know, in the past really struggled with um, feeling too emotionally tied to my job. And I'm sure as librarians, you really can relate to that. Um, I worked for a sex toy company for three years um, while I was in college. And um, as a gender and sexuality studies major, still am, you know, so passionate about the work that we did to normalize female pleasure, to get vibrators in the hands of all vulva havers and, you know, destigmatize um, masturbation. And I wrote my entire undergrad thesis on gender neutral vibrator design and how that increases user pleasure, safety, and accessibility. It was 95 pages. It took over a year. Um, and I was so emotionally invested in the work that I was doing. And when the company was up, I was up, but when the company was down, I was down. And when that, you know, I kind of carried that over to future jobs, um, that I wasn't as passionate about. Um, I worked in the beauty industry for five plus years and that was, you know, something that, I really didn't need to have the level of emotional investment that I did. And I one day was like, you know what? Corporate girlies aren't crying over like their work anymore. I'm done with that. And so I, you know, kind of resolved to detach myself a bit from my work and how I make money um, just for my own mental health. And with Safflet, I don't want to get back on that train. I'm very, um, you know, sometimes I do get money from Safflet in terms of like affiliate sales with books or a publishing company will sponsor, you know, a book that we read and um, support us in that way. But beyond that, I'm not going to be able to emotionally sustain <laughs> um the community if it's my primary source of income it would I think it would it would kill the queer joy 
there's definitely like in library work, there is a lot of expectation of like, you put your whole self into the job. Oh, you have a hobby. Now you put it into the job and, you know, also do a lot of free work. Make sure you join a professional organization and don't get paid for thousands of hours of work. So yes, the emotional tie and the like work, like lack of work, work life balance is very much a thing in our career. There's a lot of, of care burnout that happens. Um, yeah, to add on to that, when we've we've interviewed authors on the podcast, and I I had to tell myself I'm going to research these authors at work. I, you know, this is what I get paid for, and I had to separate my personal life. And I will read a book on Libby, which is the app that we use at work because I'm like. I, I want to read this author's book, obviously, before I interview them. It's important to me. I don't have to, but for me, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like a perfectionist in the sense that if I want to do something or talk about something, I'm going to read your book first. That's just how it is. And I'm going to read it at work. Yeah, do that on any <laughs> time. Get paid for that shit. Deserve. <laughs> so I just had to do it. I won't read the whole thing because most of the time I love the book. When I go camping, I take a book with me, yada, yada, yada. But that's my personal choice. But most of the time I research all authors, including you, when I'm at work. And so um, speaking of books, uh, I did have a question for you. Nina, what was the first book that you read that really made you feel seen, made you feel like, wow, that's that's me or I want that to be me or like in the sense of what was the first book that you read that made you feel that way? So the first book that ever made me feel seen is um, Know My Name by Chanel Miller. I... It's uh, the memoir, for those who don't know, it is the memoir of the Jane Doe from the Brock Turner Stanford case um, from five plus years ago. Um, don't remember the exact year, but Chanel Miller is her name. And in the court case, she was known as Jane Doe um, and her title, Know My Name, you know, speaks for itself with what she was trying to do there. Um, and I read this memoir and I annotated the hell out of it. I, I would do the Libby app and I, you know, do have a Kindle for like certain galleys, but like, oh my God, I love to physically annotate a book and with library books, that's a little hard to do. Um, don't want to return them with all of my inner <laughs> and highlights and underlines. Um, so yeah, I have my own little personal library of annotated books in my apartment. Um, but yeah, Know My Name by Chanel Miller, um, really made me feel so seen and so held and heard and loved. And it was so tender and emotional. Um, and I then became very obsessed with Chanel Miller, naturally, and I bought some of her art prints. She's a wonderful artist. I watched her entire Oprah interview, and she she just stands in her power in a way that was so inspiring to me. Um, and similarly, another book that I read recently that made me feel uh, 
the same is old enough by Hilly Jacobson. Um, it hasn't come out yet. It's coming out in June. I believe June 20th is the release date. And um, Haley Jacobson is a friend of mine. She's a wonderful writer living in Brooklyn. Um, I saw her yesterday for breakfast. She's so incredible and so kind. And she wrote this book and it's fiction. It's called Old Enough. Um, and it's about a girl who goes to college um, and is coming to terms with, you know, her queerness and um, her survivorship. And there's a friendship breakup and it just put me right back into freshman year of college baby nina deserves this book and like jumped out when reading this book um so yeah i would say those two books for me were very very um transformative and wonderful um and made me feel very like a uh, I think the more specific you get in your experience as an author, um, whether it's memoir or fiction, the more specific you share, the more relatable it becomes. It's kind of like this oxymoron, like the more detail and intimacy and, um, you know, specific you are, it, it just becomes, as a reader, you feel so seen and heard. It's funny to me because in video games, it's often the opposite. You know, they want to make a main character that is a blank slate so that you can just step into the role. And I've always felt the opposite. I've always felt like, no, make this person a real complex, flawed person and I will be there with you. If you turn them into yet another Link who just says, ha, then I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> I, love that. I mean, that's why The Last of Us is so good. So good. So um, I just thought of <laughs> something fun. Um, if you could have a title, like a book title that represented yourself, the book could already exist. But like, if you could say, like, this would be my book title, this would be Nina's life, what would the title be? I might steal from another friend of mine who, <laughs> another book that made me feel very seen greedy notes from a bisexual who wants too much by Jen Winston I fucking love Jen Winston she is so funny so kind basically every nice thing I said about Haley also applies to Jen um both bisexual icons in my life and both people that I followed on social media as bicons before I became friends with them in real life and read their wonderful, wonderful books. Um, Greedy, I would say is probably would also be the title of my memoir. Speaking of <laughs> books on my TBR, yes. <laughs> That's such a good one. You're gonna love it. It's so funny and also kind of speaks to like, the more specific you get, the more relatable it is. Nice. I don't know about y'all, but it's... As soon as you asked that, Lisa, my brain was like, I know the answer to this. You're not being asked the, the question, brain. Why are you coming up with an answer? <laughs> no, this is for everybody. It's a fun oh. game. I just yes, decided yes. to play. Everyone, everyone, please answer. I want to know what yours is now, Shannon. Okay. So it's actually the series title because the individual book titles, not so much, but the Locked Tomb series. Mm -hmm. That is very much, yeah, Locked um, Tomb, there I am. Samson Muir. 
Yes. Yeah. We read that for Southlet. I am not a sci-fi girly. I read the first one and liked it. And then I tried to read Harrow and I was like, what the fuck is going on? No, that's I cannot follow anything. I have no concept of who these characters are anymore. And then I got Nona and I was like, I'm not even going to try with Nona. And now Electo's coming out soon. And I'm like, I clearly nothing. I know nothing. (laughs) But that's the experience. That is the locked tomb experience. As you read the first book and you're like, okay, I have an idea of this world and these characters. And then Harrow comes out, pulls the rug out from under you, goes, we're writing in second persons. Surprise. You have no idea what's happening until two thirds of the way through the book. And then Nona comes out and you're like, rug gets pulled out again. I have no idea what's happening. And I love it. And I understand that that is not for everyone. (laughs) Not my journey, but love that for you. (laughs) Uh, Michael, do you have one? I'm trying to think like, hmm, what book title emblematic of me? Uh, Well, I'm thinking we're going to distract us with a tangent because one of my one of my uh, friends, one of my chosen family, um, uh, partner, uh, partner to our close friend, uh, lent him a book. And uh, he he was like, this is, I forget what the title was, but it was, it was like nature and philosophy. And he, he was like, this book is very you. And, and he told the rest of us like, you know, for Christmas, I think what I'd like is books that you feel capture who you are or where you feel you are as a person. Um, like if I read this book, I would come closer to understanding you. Um, such a cool so, idea. That is actually like a cool idea, but then it becomes also like, oh wait, hmm, now I have book? to. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Got it. Got it for my something wicked this way comes. Nice, beautiful. <laughs> Love that. <sighs> yeah, no, I was a huge, huge uh, Ray Bradbury fan as a kid, uh, and then yeah, no, just I think the evolution as with the way the world has progressed yeah no at this point that that's pretty much it (laughs) Dakri, do you have a book i don't have like i can't think of a specific title of a book that fits my life but if i had a book it would probably be called like i don't know squirrel to allude to my adhd and how i can't get anything done at one time like I always have 80 million projects going on um yeah that's that's where I'm at right now could be because I'm very tired but that's that's where I'm at squirrel I love that slay (laughs) (laughs) what about you Lisa um recently I went to the beach with my daughter and we always try to check out like a new bookstore. Um, and I found just your local bisexual disaster. It's a YA and that is me. <laughs> I love that. Love yeah, I, I have the uh, e-copy of that book and I haven't read it yet, but that's <laughs> very, very on brand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally I had to buy it. I mainly bought it for her, 
um because i knew she would like it she'd be interested and uh and now i'm reading it and yeah <laughs> we can both we can both read it um so unfortunately i didn't bring my laptop charger <laughs> <laughs> the title of so, my autobiography. <laughs> if I, I am a disaster. See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. Speaking so of if, disaster. If I just like mysteriously float away, <laughs> like, <laughs> there goes Lisa. The square on why. Zoom disappears. <laughs> so ominous. Well, You'll know I why. I don't want you to just disappear, Lisa. So I think this is a good time to probably start wrapping up. Uh, Michael or Nina, do you have any lingering questions before we go? Uh, actually, just one. So for uh, uh, picks for Safflet, do you also do graphic novels or is it generally strictly just? We've read one graphic novel. We did Fun Home by um, Alison Bechdel. Yes. Obviously iconic. Um, yes. And love bringing you know, that's kind of the whole point of this book club is to bring those kind of like classics and like, you know, uh, like lesser heard of by the younger generation books to, you know, the forefront of, you know, the kind of TikTok space. Like TikTok is inundated with Colleen fucking Hoover and I'm over it. The one Colleen Hoover book I liked was Verity. That was not written by Colleen Hoover. That was written by someone else and I want to meet them. Um, the rest of the Colleen Hoover, so sorry, not a sleigh. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I love, you know, sharing those, you know, kind of more historic, fun, um, iconic reads. Um, and we definitely are open to more graphic novels. We've also, we did our first poetry book. We did Black Girl Call Home by Jasmine Manns, which is so fantastic. Um we, you know, do a variety of genres. Um, but, you know, a lot of lit fic, a lot of fantasy, a lot of contemporary, a bit of romance. Um, and then for nonfic, we do theory, we do a lot of memoirs, um, you know, some more like research and, um, you know, deep dives into certain topics. Um, we've read over 50 books at this point over the last two years. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great treasure trove. Amazing. So Nina, the last thing that we want to do is give the people what they want. Let them know where they can find you. <laughs> um, <laughs> my handle for Instagram and TikTok is at Nina.Haines. That is N-I-N-A dot H-A-I-N-E-S. And we also have Safflet on Instagram at Safflet. That's S-A-P-P-H-L-I-T. Um, and in you can find the link to join um, Safflet in any of those social profile bios. Um, yeah, that's that's where I exist on the internet. <laughs> and we are so happy you do. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It was for a really me. great conversation. Yeah, this was so fun. Loved love chatting with y'all. Have fun in Thank London. You. Safe Take travels. Care. Yes. Thank you. All right, Shannon. Nice to meet you all. All right, so thank you for joining us today. I hope you laughed. I hope we gave you some things to think about, and I hope you keep asking questions. Until next time, 
queers. Yeah.